Welcome to What The If News. Matt, this time I hit the recording button. It's actually, That's a really important button from what I hear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all the rage. Kids love it. The music comes and goes. You know, every time I feel like I've really got this DJ thing down, uh, it's a total failure. I am no beastie boy. Gabby, how are you? <laughs> I am good. We are in phase four in New York, uh, so I'm gonna, uh, we're going to get to our news story in a second, but uh, do you know what, can you explain what phase four is? Do you know? I, be, I believe it's like, I, I know that I can get a haircut, okay? I think it's everything except rest, you can't go in restaurants and bars. Pretty that much. sounds oh. about right. Yeah. That sounds right. Yeah. I don't know about I've still been basically... I've still been basically staying inside and just going back and forth from my apartment, a lab, and occasionally the grocery store. So yeah. I feel like I haven't paid too much attention because I'm just still kind of assuming everything's more or less locked down, except I can get takeout a little bit easier. Yeah. Like, my wife, uh, Wendy, went to Bloomingdale's um, yesterday, I think. And the, the main, the landmark store on 59th Street, it's a wonderful place, enormous place. Uh, it's like 11 store, 11 stories. You know, it's one of these old, old department stores where literally each floor is most of it is clothing, but then you get up, there's a whole floor of furniture and there's a whole floor of beds, you know, and then a whole floor of dining, whatever. It's one of these crazy things. Um, by the way, if you are male, uh, your clothing, you will find in the basement on the <laughs> right. <laughs> and that's about it. Okay. <laughs> it's always stunned to me. Nonetheless, anyway, she said there was like, Aside from, you know, very light uh, staffing, even all wearing masks, she saw maybe two or three people in the entire building. Hmm. Incredible. People are still being cautious. Uh, and I shout out uh, apologies to my hairdresser and Jackie, who I'm looking forward to seeing you again. But I actually, I got a little nervous at the last. I was like, you know what? Why should I be the guinea pig? Let's see what happens. <laughs> yeah, it's not unreasonable. So far, New York is doing good. All right, we're going to get right to the news here. We're keeping the show tight. And um, Gabby, uh, you brought this. Is there anything you want to say uh, as introduction or should I just play it and we can discuss it on the other side? Just play it. We can discuss it on the other side because yeah. I get the feeling they're just going to say what I would say to introduce it. Right. Fair enough. Uh, this is from uh, NPR and the reporter is uh, Richard Harris. It's three minutes and we will be back on the other side to uh, dig into the science behind the story. All right. With coronavirus cases spiking in some parts of the United States, there is more demand for testing. To keep up, federal health officials want to try this technique where you combine samples from a number of people and then just run one single test on them. This was a strategy that was used in China. NPR science correspondent Richard Harris has more. The strategy is called pooled testing. Anthony Fauci, the nation's top infectious disease doctor, explained the concept at a Senate hearing. He says, say you have samples from 10 people. So you put all the tests together and you do one test. If that test is negative, then you know those 10 people are all negative. Of course, if it comes back positive, then you need to run 10 more tests to find the person or people who are positive. But if you're testing a population where the virus is uncommon and a lot of those pooled samples come back negative, overall you'll end up running fewer tests and saving on testing ingredients, which are called reagents. Could also be good for bulk testing, Fauci said. It can be used in any of a number of circumstances, at the community level or even in school if you wanted to do that. 
It's not a new concept. In fact, Peter Iwin, who heads the Nebraska Public Health Laboratory, says he started doing it for the coronavirus back in March. The reason why it even came up in Nebraska was that we were running out of reagents back in mid-March to be able to run a COVID-19 testing in the public health lab. After getting permission to do so, he pooled five tests at a time and found that he could run more than twice as many tests with the same materials. He didn't get anything like five times the efficiency by pooling five samples, but it helped. You can save 50-60% of reagents, but you might only be saving, let's say, 25-30% of the labor. But you still are saving labor. Of course, labs have to be set up to deal with this more elaborate workflow, which not all can do. And Nebraska actually stopped pooled testing a few weeks ago because so many tests were coming back positive, they had to do a ton of testing on the original samples anyway to track down all the infections. There's another trade-off as well. Dr. Chris Pilcher at the University of California, San Francisco, says that when you combine samples, you increase the risk of getting negative results from people who are actually infected that specimen in the pool has been diluted by the rest of the specimens. So there's a decrease in the amount of the stuff you want to detect in the specimen, and that results in a corresponding decrease in the sensitivity of detection for the test. Pulcher recently ran an analysis that found it appears to be a manageable problem. You will always lose some proportion of the cases that you could find individually But he says the trade-off is worth it if pooling lets you test a whole bunch more people, say, to survey a community or a group of workers or students. Finally, it's important to remember that the shortage of testing ingredients is only part of the challenge. Health officials struggle to get enough collection swabs and shipping vials, and people who want testing can end up in long lines at overworked collection stations. So pooling alone won't solve our testing woes. Richard Harris, NPR News. We get a second round of outro music. Yeah, yeah, that was really sweet. Um, Support your uh, local public radio, by the way. WNYC here in New York is what we listen to, and that that was from uh, NPR.org. I will put the uh, link on the website, and that was Richard Harris again. Um, So, Gabby, what can we... uh, Pooling, I I had not not heard that term before. Matt, had you heard this term before? I had not. This is new to me. Yeah. Yeah, it's very much not a new thing in public health. Um, so we actually do it with uh, blood tests. So I believe it's five samples that are pooled and screened for assorted blood-related diseases. Um, so when you donate blood, your blood isn't just, you know, pumped directly in the other dude. They do kind of batch test to make sure that they didn't get blood that's got something funky going on. And I think for them, enough people donate blood that if there's a something positive for like HIV or something like that in one of the five ones that they pooled, they'll They'll toss them. But it's important to making sure that we don't transmit diseases to each other when we're just trying to help and and donate blood to each other. So this is a sort of take on that in the coronavirus uh, testing. And this is separate from what we were talking about last week. Last week was instituting new tests that may get faster results. This is trying to work with our current testing infrastructure in order to use less materials and get results to people faster and just streamline the process for labs. Because now that testing has to be a lot more extensive, we need ways to test as many people as fast as possible. And while we can't always redevelop an entirely new technique, what the FDA just did is authorized the Quest Diagnostics SARS-CoV-2 RT 
RT-PCR test, which is a reverse transcriptase PCR. It's basically what we've been using this entire time. It's none of the real fun ones I was talking about last week. (laughs) But this is helpful for places where there aren't that many people. Because if you think about it, say you have 1% of the population that's infected and you have 100 tests that you want to run. If you group people by 10, so essentially you're only running 10 tests, a total of 100 samples, well, only one of those pools should come back positive. So in the end, you only have to run 11 tests as opposed to running 100. And that's really convenient. Fortunately, this isn't pooling 10, which can get a little probably crazy. This is pooling four. So it's a smaller sample. It's not super diluting everything. And I think they'll really only run into problems when it's very early detection. So for example, I think the virus is detectable like day maybe three, I think post-infection based on what I remember the nurse telling me when I did my spit test. So they'll probably run into problems with people who are early infection, but it should be decent for someone who's, you know, actually, you know, showing symptoms, which I think is when most people choose to get tested. Matt, you were going to yeah, so it seems like there's, I don't know, kind of a weird philosophical problem here in that you're intentionally contaminating all of your samples, right? This seems <laughs> like the sort of thing they always told us to be really careful not to do back in a chem lab. Don't mix things. Don't let one drop fall into something else. Um, but here we are um, mixing them up intentionally. So how can that be a good thing? Yeah, so this is sort of where you get into the difference between science and medicine, Uh, which is kind of a a weird thing in general. And so for science, you want to keep everything as separated as possible. You don't want to have confounding results. But in science, you're not usually running several thousand tests in a day that affect people's lives, whether or not you get back to them. You can kind of work at your own pace generally. Mm -hmm. So this is something where, sure, you might be, in a sense, contaminating the original sample with other people's results in it, but you don't go off and email them and say, well, we pulled you with, you know, five people and one out of the five of you has the coronavirus. So, you know, roll the dice. No, you, you then follow up and do your due diligence about something else. I guess it's sort of like, I don't know if you having a huge waiting room full of sick people and then dividing them up into rooms, you can, Maybe that's not the best analogy. Right. I'm not really sure of a good comparison, it kinda, but it definitely is a difference between science and medicine. Yeah, it kind of no, I think that's a very helpful distinction between science and medicine yeah. here, right? Is that um, uh, you're not we're not trying to find hyper precise exact results. We're just trying to find who needs help as quickly as possible. Um, yeah. So that means so the, so the price here is that we detect our cases um, quicker on mass. But individual people are not getting, um, let's see here, tailored results, <laughs> right? There's a whole bunch of people who aren't yeah. going to get a specific test done just for them. Um, we're just finding things out about the population uh, as a whole. Although, That's I wonder if what, what could happen is that, uh, and a little bit like the waiting room analogy you were talking about, Gabby, that um, what happens is, imagine you got groups of four going and boom, 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 boom. And if many of those, hopefully most of those groups of four come back 100% negative, then you know that, at least you can hope that all four of those people don't have it. So you only have, mm-hmm. the, anytime a group shows something, you know, okay, there's some uh, positive COVID, uh, positive for COVID in this group of four, that one group of four, you can go back and say, okay, we, we should test each one of you individually now, or you guys should go get a test because one of you has it. Yeah. 
Right, but you could still kind of get through people. It's sort of like uh, yeah, filter, for- it's like filtering people in a way, you know. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Unfortunately, what's really nice is, you know, they don't have to call you back after a pool sample if the pool comes up positive. They save some of your original sample. So by pooling, they're not using uh, all of what you spit into a tube, for example. They're using some of it to pool. And then if it comes back positive, they have the rest of your sample. So it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to come back in and it's like two rounds of testing for you. It's just something purely on the laboratory side of things. Fascinating. Fascinating. And yeah, that's it, pretty cool. And essentially, we could, you can, it's not fully one quarter of the time, but you can get through, or four times faster in a way you might get through. Uh, at least quickly get an overview as to how bad an area is doing. Um, yeah. Fascinating. Pooling. Pooling. Okay, so it's like carpooling, but it's blood pooling. I think that's going to yeah. catch on. <laughs> I I think it, <laughs> well, I don't think it's, I don't think it's blood because we don't tend to do blood tests ah. for this unless it's antibodies. Oh, so what which is? Which I don't think. Oh, this is snot. It's not pooling. No, spit pooling. This is snot. This is not pooling. It's not pooling or spit pooling. I guess this is like the, this is the spittoon method everyone just sort of spits into one when they enter the hospital and then they they run one test on the bucket perfect (laughs) you know i think knowing america that could catch on spit you know if you call this spittoon testing yeah i won't wear a mask but i'll spit in things sure yeah people come back to you know that maybe for the bars when this will be when the bars are able to open and say well we we can also do a little public health here and we'll do we're going to do uh spittoon testing (laughs) I will say that this is not something, unfortunately, that would work for states like Florida or California, Uh, where I think like doing the math, California is going to hit New York's numbers in like two, three days, just based on the moving average. But with a place like that, they have so many cases that the likelihood of the pool being positive is so high that there's no use in pooling. Uh, But this is good for if we get out of this first wave part two, because it's not a second wave, it's the first wave yeah. still. Yeah. Uh, then, then that's what this is going to be really, really useful for. Or the states, probably like New York, where we're really on the, the decline. Uh, so, and I think this is, this is happening, not to make light of this, but, you know, because we're, this is how we are. It's, the 20th, it's 2020, everything is, what are you going to do? Um, I think the, the one reason this may be happening is that uh, the state motto of both California and Florida, this is not well-known. They have the exact same state motto. It's in Latin. I don't know what that is, but the English translation for both states is, everybody into the pool. <laughs> thank you. I'll be here all week. Uh, <laughs> thank thank uh, you for listening. I hope that if you're in a pool, it's a good pool. Uh, and um, uh, coming up at the uh, end of the week, we do a regular show, What the If. If you're not familiar with that, go to whattheif.com to check it out. We are also on Twitter at what the if show. This has been your uh, little snappy weekly coronavirus news update with behind the scenes from Gabby Panizia. Um, that's the title. It's we're still working on it. I'm still working. Okay, on that's it. right. We'll make a great acronym. We, yes. <laughs> yeah, we we can smush that together. Yeah. <laughs> Matt Stanley, do you have anything you want to plug or uh, words of wisdom you want uh, to drop? All right, no, everybody. We're good. Thank you for thank you for tuning in. Send your cards and letters and emails to us. Feedback at whatif.com or go to whatif.com and uh, just uh, write us a letter right there on the front page. You can hit send. We will talk to you uh, on Friday for What the If and What the If News. We'll be back next week. Take care. Be safe. Adios.